So some parents in Rochester, when they heard that the school district, that there was one person assigned to check up on them, to see what they were saying on social media, and that that person was also creating databases with names, employers, things like that, they wanted to know more. In fact, they wanted to see the list. And what they got in return was something that they really hadn't bargained for. WJR Senior News Analyst Lloyd Jackson here with that eye popper. Yes, Guy. Uh, you know, some parents of students who attend Rochester Community Schools started a Facebook group to voice their frustration over remote, remote learning during the pandemic. Now, back in May of last year, one parent of a Rochester Hills Community School District student filed a lawsuit because she said the district called her employer and caused her to lose her job. That case has since been settled. But the parents in the Facebook group have filed a Freedom of Information Act request to get the district to release information they may have collected on members of the group. Lori Madigan is one of those parents. She says the district sent her an invoice on how much it would cost her to get that information. The fee is just under $173,000, and they require a half um, down payment um, for them to begin the process. Now, Madigan says there are other parents that don't want to come forward for fear of retaliation by the district, but she's seen some of their invoices, too. There are other parents that have bills of $18 million and $35 million, just astronomical amounts. It, there's no reason for this. Or, no, um, I don't understand. I don't understand how the bill can be that high. Madigan says when you charge such an astronomical fee for information, it gives the appearance that you're hiding something. This is my information, and why are you talking about me this much? <laughs> All I wanted was was education for my kids. Um, that's it. I just wanted to fill the gap of lost learning and um, and and have a plan for that. And that's all I'm asking for is the information that you were discussing about me for wanting those things for my child. Now, the Rochester Community School District released a statement saying, in part, Rochester Community Schools does not have a dossier and that the notion of a dossier appears to have been conceived by an attorney for litigation purposes. It goes on to say that Rochester Community Schools does not have a list of names of parents who are on social media. The statement goes on to say that FOIA allows the district to charge certain fees incurred for processing and responding to FOIA requests when a failure to charge a fee would result in unreasonable high cost to the district because of the nature of the request. An explanation of the nature of the cost is identified in the FOIA request. Madigan Guy says the parents now are seeking legal guidance for their next steps. And I don't mean this is it's sarcastically or dismissively to the parents, but welcome to our world. Because if you filed a FOIA request as a journalist, you know the nonsense that you get back from yes. many units of government and these astronomical fees that they want to charge. And so to, to the Rochester parents that are doing this, we feel your pain. We've been there. Sending somebody an 18 or $35 million uh, invoice isn't, it's a giant extended middle finger at Absolutely. those parents. That isn't even, that's, it's sarcastic. It's cynical. It, and it's, it's, the sad thing is, is all of these things are inflated. We we could have a we'll have a conversation with Steve DeLee up at uh, Mackinac Center about this. Mm -hmm. Most of these, there was one person that we know, and this was testified to in court that collected this data. All we need is whatever she generated in terms of social media pages that she was following. Mm -hmm. That's all you need, and that's a drag and drop digital file, right, Lloyd? I mean, yeah. it's not like they got to put it in hard copy. No, it's not. But you know, another thing too, though, uh, guy, and when you have a lawyer, when they get a lawyer to help them with this, you know, there are 
there are certain ways you have to ask for it. If you ask for it a certain way, then you get it. And then, you know, if you don't ask the right way, then they can give you all this gobbledygook and stuff like yeah. that, you know? And it's it's a shame it's like that, but that's how there, it is There a is a way that you have to write the FOIA request and, and, and to narrow down. And, and really, the sad thing is, is this may already be part of the public record from that lawsuit. Absolutely. Right. So it shouldn't be that hard to generate. But shame on them and whoever would have sent such a cynical, dismissive uh, response to those parents. Um, if this has been testified to, then don't tell us it doesn't exist. Um, because they, they admitted that this is was the work that this woman was doing. Right. Absolutely. All right. Lloyd, thanks very Thank much. Thank you, guys. Boy, that gets, uh, that gets your blood boiling. Um, a little further uh, up the road in, uh, in Oxford... Uh, there is uh, more litigation there, and uh, it, and not just in terms of escalation of the uh, lawsuits already filed, but they've entered a new venue as well. WJR Chris Renwick, our senior news analyst, with that part of the story. Hello, Chris. Hello, Guy. The attorney representing the family of Justin Schilling, he was one of the four Oxford High School students gunned down on November 30th. And a new federal lawsuit is claiming that school officials didn't do enough to prevent that mass shooting from happening. Attorney Ben Johnson, who's representing Justin Schilling's family, says the suit lists three separate federal counts against Oxford Community Schools, including violations of both the state-created danger laws and supervisory liability doctrine under the 14th Amendment. And because of all of the warning signs, like the graphic illustrations on the schoolwork and the browsing of ammunition during class, Johnson says clearly that even though teachers reported up the chain of command to their supervisors what they were seeing, they are still liable for what happened that day. If these folks who are clearly going to take the position that they were trained teachers only to report to uh uh, to counselors or only report to Mr. Ejack or whoever internally, that's not enough. And my question to you would be, uh, if you had a child sitting next to you or next to your child that were drawing pictures of guns, dead bodies with blood squirting out with ammunition, and I'm not for this world, my life sucks, you name it, things like that in two different days, looking at live ammunition rounds for automatic firearms, what would you do? And the answer is you would report to the authorities. Now, among those listed in the suit are superintendents Timothy Thorne and Kenneth Weaver, also Principal Stephen Wolf, the Dean of Students Nicholas Ejack, Counselor Sean Hopkins, and four teachers. And, and Guy, the Schilling family also recently joined in extending uh, a, a civil lawsuit that Ben Johnson had filed in Oakland County Circuit Court uh, in January, which brings the total plaintiffs in that case to six students and five families. And, and really at the heart of this is Ben Johnson says that the school didn't do enough. The teachers, the counselors didn't do enough. And in fact, may have violated state law, uh, which ended up, which we know obviously ended up in, in bloodshed at OHS. And Chris, I, I guess the, the, have we had a chance to really identify and to drill down on what the obligations were for that counselor and that teacher? There was a school resource officer. That school resource officer was never contacted, never alerted, never had anything to, to even investigate. Do we know why? And what were the obligations and mandates there? 
So it, it, it seems to – everything that we have seen so far is that the teachers and the counselors have said, look, we went to our superiors. We told you what was happening. We told you what we saw. And in the case of what happened that day, earlier before the shooting took place, the counselor met with the student. The counselor called the parents in, and the parents just said, no, we're not taking him out of class. They said, well, you got 48 hours. He's got to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist. And, and they never took him out of class. And, and what Ven Johnson is saying is they essentially broke the law because even though the teacher wasn't the point of contact, even though they weren't the, the, right. the head honcho that would be the one to, to call 911, for example, they are still liable, even though their superiors didn't. All right. Chris, thank you so much. And uh, again, we'll be watching the civil case and now also an investigation as well. Thanks so much, Chris. When we come back, he is going to the mattresses to defend Michigan's 1931 law banning abortion. We'll talk to him about that new case next.